This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, Gretch, we have to tell everyone about our bonus episode. Yes, coming up on May 16th, we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones, one of our favorite things to talk about these days. Our predictions about who will end up on the Iron Throne. Don't miss it. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that's all about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about an admittedly shallow subject, how to look better in photographs, and a deeper question. Do you yearn for a reset? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, outer order, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who is my co-host here on the podcast and also live on stage with me. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretchen, we are doing our live shows in Detroit, Minneapolis, and Milwaukee. It's so fun to meet everybody. So um, we'll see you all live. I know. Disembodied Voices live on stage. (laughs) Um, For any information, go to GretchenRubin.com slash events, and there's all the links and info there. Elizabeth, before we launch in, um, we have a, a... fun update from a listener who has a wrinkle on a way to make use of the same principle that another listener suggested, which is if you're washing your exercise clothes, store them together as a set rather than putting like the sweatpants with the sweatpants and the t-shirts with the t-shirts. That way you have these these pre-sorted sets so you can just grab um, a set to exercise. And so Audrey has kind of another way to use the same principle. Yeah, she said, I recently returned home from an international flight. And as I was unpacking, I was listening to your recent podcast episode about grouping items together to make things more convenient for exercise. I had to laugh at myself because I don't travel internationally very frequently. So this was my third trip in a row I've taken where I've forgotten my neck pillow and in a last minute bout of anxiety have decided to drop $45 on a new one in the airport. Not an expense I would normally factor into my vacation budget. As I was putting my things away at home, it hit me. 
Instead of stashing my new travel pillow in the top of my closet with the ever-growing collection of others never to be seen again, why not just store it inside my suitcase so when I'm ready to pack again, it'll be right there? It's such a simple solution, but was the biggest aha moment for me. Not only does it conserve space in my closet, but it keeps like things together in the way that I actually use them and will hopefully save me from future international travel anxiety. See, I love this because it's like it, once you say it, it is so obvious, but it's the kind of thing yes. that it just doesn't occur to you. And then when it does, it's like every time you see it, you just get that like jolt of satisfaction, like, I am just a genius. Because like, And also, it saves all that space. Those things take up a lot of space. This yes. is a twofer. Ah, love yes. Love Great this. idea. Great idea. And Elizabeth, we have an announcement at long last. We know people have been yes. waiting for this. We have our next book for the book club. Yes, and I love this book, Gretchen. Um, it's Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs. Yes. Now, Elizabeth, you read it first and you said to me, oh, you have to read this book. So I read it and we were like, we got to pick this. Um, it's another memoir, which kind of surprised us. We were expecting that we would choose um, a novel. Mm. But this one pairs so well with inheritance. There's so many themes of like, what does it mean to be part of a family? What are relationships between parents and children? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to belong? What does it mean to fit in? Um, both beautifully written. This is a, a beautifully written memoir. It was uh, named a top 10 book of the year by both the New York Times and the New Yorker. Um, so it widely acclaimed. Yeah, and here's the description. Born on a farm and named in a field by her parents, artists Chrisanne Brennan and Steve Jobs, Lisa Brennan Jobs' childhood unfolded in a rapidly changing Silicon Valley. When she was young, Lisa's father was a mythical figure who was rarely present in her life. As she grew older, her father took an interest in her, ushering her into a new world of mansions, vacations, and private schools. His attention was thrilling, but he could also be cold, critical, and unpredictable. When her relationship with her mother grew strained in high school, Lisa decided to move in with her father, hoping he'd become the parent she'd always wanted him to be. Part portrait of a complex family, part love letter to California in the 70s and 80s, Small Fry is a poignant coming-of-age story from one of our most exciting new literary voices. Um, and Gretchen, it is so obviously her dad is Steve Jobs, yeah. um, who's, you know, one of the most biggest figures of yeah, our time. Famous, influential, wealthy, like beyond, beyond, beyond on every front. But you know what? I thought it was just as interesting about her relationship with her mother. Um, yes. Yeah, this sort of doesn't, like there's a lot in there about her relationship with her mother as well and kind of being caught between the worlds between, of her mother and her father. Um, so we don't want, we, it's like, it's hard not to start talking about it already. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so we will hold back. Um, the book again, Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs. And um, we haven't figured out the date yet, but we will keep you posted when we have the date when we will um, actually have the conversation for the book club, but we wanted to let people know because just so people have as much time Start as possible. Start reading. Start reading. And now for a try this at home. Now, listen, this is, this is shallow. Let's just be real. Mm -hmm, this, is, mm -hmm. this, is not, this is a very trivial thing in the context of a happy life. Looking good in photographs is not important, but it is one of those things that it can add ever so slightly to your life and solve a, a happiness stumbling block that is real, even if kind of inconsequential. So let's get to it. Let's just say we're going to do it. We're going to figure out how to look better in photographs. 
Yeah, this is something Sarah and I talked about on Happier in Hollywood, Gretchen. Um, and I still don't feel like we've mastered it. So yeah. I'm glad we're delving into how we can look better. Because, I mean, I, photographs do matter. Yeah, they do matter. And, you know, they're they're part of your part of how you're out in the world. Um, and I think sometimes uh, when you don't like the way you look in photographs, then you don't want to be in photographs. Yes. And we've talked about how... You want to be in photographs. You want to be part of the record. Like, when you look back at the past, you want to see yourself there. And it's very kind of dispiriting to see, like, pictures of, like, Christmas vacation and, like, there's no pictures of you, you know? And I think sometimes yes. people opt out because they feel like, I don't look good in photographs. Well, okay, one thing to do is to try to figure out how to take a better picture. Yes. All right. So let's dive in. The first um, factor is, of course, lighting. Yes. Um, so here's the tip for that, which is to face the light and try to position yourself so the light is going towards your nose. And this is so that you minimize shadows. Um, so that means like you don't want to stand in front of a window, like with your back to a window, you want to stand with your front to the window so the white light is coming towards your nose. Yeah, that is something I've just recently discovered that like the light behind you shouldn't be bright. Yeah. It should be in front of you. Yeah. Um, now, Liz, Eliza, my 20-year-old, um, so she's very conscious of how she looks in photographs. She says to try for the golden hour. And the golden mm -hmm. hour, if you don't know, is the period of daytime right after sunrise or before sunset. And this is a time when the daylight is redder and softer It's than when the sun is high in the sky. There's the blue hour when everything looks blue. But the golden hour, everything looks sort of golden. It's very soft. And it's it's just very flattering. So if you're in the golden hour... Um, also, if you're in a place with bright overcast sky, that is really good for photographs. So if like you're on a family vacation or something and you're thinking, I need to take some photographs and you see those light conditions, you might say like, ooh, mm -hmm. kids or, you know, family, friends, whoever, let's take this minute to, to snap because we've got really good conditions right now. By the way, Gretchen, in Hollywood, we call golden hour magic hour. Oh, but yes, don't I remember... Don't Very I, short window to shoot in where everything looks great. But don't I remember that one of the reasons that, that that Los Angeles became a center for film was because it has really good light? Uh, it's but, consistent yes, light. Not a lot of rain. It's consistent yeah. light. Yeah. Okay. The magic hour. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. So we want you want to avoid shower, um, shadows, and so you want a broad source of light, not a narrow source of light, because a broad source of light lessens shadows, reduces contrast, and suppresses texture, um, and uh, and um, and the, so you want light rays to hit your subject from more directions, which gives you a better overall thing. And narrow is just the opposite effect. And what I realize is when I'm often with narrow light is like, let's say you're at a conference um, mm -hmm. and you're like taking pictures in the lobby. Often the light is very kind of specific and directed. There's like spots of light rather than mm -hmm. general light. And that's probably why those pictures don't turn out well, because the light is very narrow. Um, okay, so the big, big headline here is avoid shadows, yes. too. Yes. yes. So if you do one thing in this, it's avoid shadows for yeah. the lighting, right? Yeah. Um, but now, Gretch, let's move on to angle, because this is the thing I have the hardest time with. I always look like I have, like, a ch I have a chin problem in photos. <laughs> Don't we and all? I am yes. constantly As trying to figure out the perfect angle for my chin. Yes. And so the thing is, and you know who knows anything about this, is because have the camera up. 
don't yes. like some people kind of hold it around their belly button. You know, like I'm going to like do this from my core. It's like, no, you want to get that thing up. If you're taking, we're talking about taking pictures with a, with a phone, I think in this. Yes. It's not, yes. not, not, a, not advanced not cameras. This is fun. This is, this is fun pictures. So you want the camera to be up um, because, um, and you want to, because you want to have your chin slightly up and, and also push your chin out slightly. And it's a natural, that lengthens and accentuates your jawline. And it kind of smooths out double chins and like lots of nostrils. Whereas if it's low down and people are looking down, then that is going to um, if you're if you're if you're if your head is too far back, that's what I do. I have this weird thing when my picture's taken. I people are always saying lower your chin, lower your chin. Mm. But you want it to be. But you also want to be looking up. So it's you want your chin to be. You know, you want to think about that. Yeah, it's kind of a turtle um, effect. Yeah. Up and out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Gretch, someone told me, and we use this as a, um, a Hollywood hack on Happier in Hollywood, to angle your jaw to the side. And I have not been able to perfect this move. So if anyone understands um, this from our listeners, is what does it mean to angle your jaw to the side? Well, doesn't um, that just mean turn your head slightly? That's what Eliza well, does. Eliza but always- it, But it doesn't always work. So I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. Well, I think you can experiment with head angle because I asked Eliza... For this, I was like, why is it that you always kind of have your head turned to the side? Like, she'll look square into the camera, but her face will be turned, you know, when you do that. And, mm-hmm. um, and she says, oh, I just look better like that. I just have noticed. And that's one thing I realized, like, I never actually look to see what, when do I look better in photographs? I always am just like, ugh. But it's probably worth, like, take, having somebody take your picture 10 times or looking at it yeah. and saying, is there a way where I look better? Um, yeah. Because Eliza always like is very she just does that just whenever she's getting her picture taken because she says it makes her look better and then Gretchen um you you should look up toward the camera and as you're doing so slightly raise your eyebrows to make your eyes appear larger now that's got to be a very slight raise because that could go bad well I because I've tried that and I look like a deer in headlights like I look like (laughs) I'm like about to like you know uh lose my mind so yeah I think again you want to experiment a little bit and know how you, um, like what looks better and then like when, what, what's too far. Um, and that takes us into our next topic yeah. of expression because really the eyebrow thing is just kind of probably looking animated. Yes, yes. So one tip is to keep your eyes cl- slightly closed or shut until the moment that you're, you're taking the shot or someone else is taking the shot so that your expression looks fresh. Mm. This is hard for me because I'm a blinker. It turns out some people just blink more often than other people. And a photographer said, because uh, I said to him, oh, I always have my eye, I always seem to have my eyes shut in photographs. He goes, yeah, you're a blinker. I can tell. And I was like, mm. ooh, I hope nobody else notices it. Um, so especially if you do that, you want people to tell you because otherwise you try to hold your eyes open and then that starts to look very fake. Or at least I, that's what I do. And then another tip is to think of something that truly makes you smile, which will create the look of genuine happiness that will shine through in your photo. It's like smiling from your eyes, not just your mouth. Okay, you want to know what, my, what I always think of? I've thought of the what? same thing for years because it makes me smile every time. When we were first married, one day... Jamie came into the bedroom as I was getting dressed in his like boxer shorts and says, I am Lord of the dance. And he starts doing like the Lord of the dance thing with his arms (laughs) stiff and like doing the jig. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I have begged him, begged him, 
ever since. I'm like, do it again, do it again. He will never do it again. But I mean, I just laugh. Like, even think about it now. I just like, it makes me laugh every time. Just, it was so, oh it was gosh. so out of character. It was so comical. Um, that always works for me. So try to have That's that thing funny. that always works for you and like save it for that moment. And then you can savor it. Uh, I'm going to think of that now, too, because yep. that makes me laugh. <laughs> yes. um, another tip about expression, Gretch, comes from Barbara Walters. Yes. Um, where she talks about how you should always have your mouth slightly open like you're laughing in a photo because it makes you seem like you're in the moment, um, even if nothing's really happening. Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, that seems like very advanced and I can see how it would work, but I think you'd have to experiment with it and like know right. what works. And so here's the thing. It's like now, I think even even now, you think like, I need to take a picture, but take a lot. Take a lot of selfies, take a lot of group photos, and then pick the one that works the best because you mm -hmm. can just toss the other ones. You don't need a perfect one. Um, experiment with your mouth open a bunch of different ways and then evaluate. Yeah. I mean, of course, the problem is some uh, when you have a group photo, yes. is it's good of one person and not of another. Yes, yes. And that always leads to bickering. Yes, yes. No, or like you'll take a picture. I'm always like, I want even a bad picture if it's a good memory. But then some people get really annoyed if you don't delete it, if they see that you have a bad picture of them. Yeah, I don't like how you just send out bad pictures. I don't like that. You don't. See, I need to be better about that. Okay, I need to change. Because I'm always like, but it was a fun memory. But people don't like that. You don't like that. No. My mom don't. doesn't like that. My friends don't like that. Nobody <laughs> likes that except for me. Okay, le the lesson learned. Yeah, delete a bad photo. Um, but so here's something. If you've heard of portrait mode, this is something oh, in the iPhone. Game changer. Game, game changer. changer. Yes. If you want to take really outstanding photographs of people, this is a place where upgrading to have the phone that has portrait mode uh, is huge. Like I talked on the podcast about when we went on our, uh, when we did our family um, celebration for the, my, for dad and our, my father-in-law yeah. for the, for their birthdays. I went through and, like, took pictures, like, very deliberate. Like, I did a portrait photo of every person using portrait mode, and they are amazing. So portrait mode separates the foreground subject and background of an image and adds an artificial blur to the foreground and background to isolate the subject. You know, so you can pick what the subject of the photograph is, and that subject really pops and is really clear against a more blurry background. Um, and it is... That makes the best pictures. Yes, yes. Yeah, and Gretchen, I don't know if you realize this, but you can take selfies in portrait mode, not just regular pictures. So I take selfies in portrait mode. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. That's huge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, I'm going to do, I, I, I will, I'm going to take a picture right now of myself in portrait mode. <laughs> uh, I will post it so people can see, but that's huge. I, I've somehow, I just, it never occurred to me. Okay. Yeah. Now, the only downside of that is sometimes in a selfie, the whole reason you're taking it is to see the background. Yes. So sometimes you don't want to blur out the background. Right. But if it's just a selfie that where the background doesn't matter, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Now, here's a random thing that somebody told me, and I hope I can describe it so people can envision it. And this is if you want to, like, have a flattering kind of physical, like uh, uh, top to bottom pose. And yes. what they say is you stand with your feet parallel to the camera. So they're pointing like to the left or the, to the right of like where, of, if you were facing the camera dead on, and then you, you turn your torso. So it's, it's, it's facing the camera dead on. 
And that kind of elongates your waist. And so they say that's a more flattering way to stand. And if you think about it, when you think of people on the red carpet, that's kind of how they stand. And then they also put their arm akimbo on their waist and kind of also move that out. And what that does is it creates this kind of nice, narrow waist effect. So Yeah, my friend Amanda, who's a pageant veteran, is yes. always trying to teach me this pose and I have not perfected it. There's something I just feel so unnatural. It looks very. It can look very affected. I think it so can. So I need yeah. to work on that um, yeah. because you know it does matter. Like it, it, she says, what you need is angles. It just creates yeah. angles, and that looks better in pictures. Well, and here's the last thing I think we should say is that if you don't cooperate. You're not going to look good in photographs. Jamie used to always say, oh, I'm not photogenic. And then I realized he's perfectly photogenic when he cooperates. <laughs> but what he, he'll, he'll make funny faces. He won't look at the camera. Like he doesn't, he doesn't cooperate. So if you feel like you're unphotogenic, maybe it's because you're like, I don't take good photographs. And so I'm not even going to try. And then they turn out badly. It's like, it is nice to have good photographs of yourself. So, yes. so try to look for little ways to, um, to look good in photographs. Cause it is nice to have good photographs of yourself. Yes. And as we've talked about, I think on this podcast and on Happier in Hollywood, you should always have a really strong picture of yourself ready yes. to send. You never know when you're going to need a headshot or something, the equivalent of a headshot. And um, everyone needs a decent picture to send. Yeah. With the way things are today, in any walk of life, you know, yes. the, the parent teacher association newsletters, like we need a picture of you. Like you want to have a yes. picture that you like. Clearly, there's more to be said on this. We want your advice. We want your tips. Um, we desperately need them. Um, so anything big or small. Um, and let us know if you tried these tips, if they work for you, and what else you, um, you've come up with to look better in photographs. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at or to go to or go to happiercast.com slash 221 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that offers a solution to a problem Gretchen has. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for a happiness hack. Now, in episode 217, I gave myself a demerit because I was falling behind on my note-taking, which is a big part of my work process. Mm -hmm. And our listener, Melissa, sent in a great suggestion. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. This is Melissa from New Hampshire. Love your podcast. Thank you so much for helping my life be so much happier. I just heard episode 217 and Gretchen gave herself a demerit for getting behind on her note taking. I wanted to offer a suggestion. I have a job where I'm on the road a lot and I end up using voice recordings, uh, voice to text, in order to take notes on my appointments after the appointment's over. I have found that it's so much faster than typing or writing. So I don't know, Gretchen, if you absolutely need these to be handwritten or if you could use voice to text um, and then print out the um, text files that you create uh, in order to take your notes. That certainly keeps me moving a lot faster with my job. So I hope this is helpful. Thanks so much. Bye. So Gretchen, have you tried this? So, yes. Now, what I realize is that for my note-taking from books, I actually need to type, I realize, because part of it, like if it's a beautiful passage, if I type it, it helps me kind of analyze the sentence structure and remember it, kind of helps me get from it what I want to get. And if I'm taking notes for information, that helps seal it in my brain, like that process of looking in the book and typing it in my own notes helps. But where this has been invaluable, and I exactly did what Melissa said to do um, after I heard her message, was like, let's say I need to make a note to myself. Like I had a, mm-hmm. like I was walking to Cadence 13 today from the subway, and I had a thought of something that I wanted to just make a note of to myself. And that's when I did it. And then it's super mm-hmm. easy because I'm also on the like I'm walking, so it's even more inconvenient to type. And so I can just, you know, it's just click, 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 then talk, and then, and then, you know, and then done. And um, so this has really been huge for me. Um, so you're texting but, yourself reminders. Well, no, actually I use it in notes, which is what she says. Oh, I, I put okay. it in notes. And so then I have to go back and go through my notes, but that's easy. Um, but it's pr- very accurate. Um, oh, great. And it's so quick. And then I just have an, and then it just, so it's, it's just eliminating this sort of, this kind of hassle. Um, But I think depending on what your aims are, I think for a lot of people, probably they could take their notes this way, because for me, it's about I have to I have to 
make things in my memory. It's right. a lot of for it's me a process. It's, it's a process yeah. of really trying to understand and memorize information. For a lot of people, it might just be like, I just need to have a no- like, I just have to have a note of this, and so it could work much better. So um, I, I I think this is really really valuable thing to try. So thank you, Melissa. You've 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 really upped my game. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Um, So now, Elizabeth, it's uh, a know yourself better question. And this is an interesting question. Do you yearn for a reset? Yeah, this is interesting, Gretch. Explain what you mean by that. So sometimes in my life, I've experienced this. I know you've experienced this, and I've talked to many people who've experienced this, where you just want um, everything to start over. You just want mm-hmm. everything to be wiped away. You want you want everything to just be either destroyed or wiped clean or ended or broken apart and everything just begun again. And um, it can be it's an imp- if you yearn for a reset, it can be a sign of drift, which is mm-hmm. like you've drifted into a situation and you kind of can't figure out what to do next and it's just continuing on. So you want something to come from the outside and end it. It can be a sign of obliger rebellion. Like this is unsustainable. This can't go on. You're dead to me. This is over. Like I want this thing to just blow up. It can be a sign that you're overwhelmed. Like I just can't manage this anymore. I wish it would all just vanish magically. Um, so yearning for a reset can be a very important indication that you are not in a good place. Well, Gretch, I don't know if this is, um, you know, a comment on my whole life uh, in an <laughs> yeah. existential way, but I will say I yearn for a reset with my emails. Yeah. Because I have, like, as I think I've said on the show, like 48,000 um, yeah. emails. Um, and I have an AOL account, and I'm like, if AOL just disappeared yes. and I had no choice but to get a new email address, suddenly those 48,000 emails would just be gone. And yes. even if I wanted to access something from, you know, yeah. 2007, I wouldn't be able to, and right. it would just be gone. Um, so I do have that that yearning for a reset with my emails. It's just like deus ex machina, AOL server crashed in some, you know, tremendous failure of technology (laughs) and you're free. Um, Yeah. yeah. Well, I see this in the outer order inner calm universe Mm. because many people will say to me something like, well, like like I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, oh, you know, I have all these boxes of stuff um, in my parents' attic. And I just wish like they'd have a, a small fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or like, they, or, like right. they'd be in the basement and they'd flood and then I would just be free. And I said, well, you could just throw them away unopened. You don't have to mm. deal with them. And he goes, but I really can't. And I mean, I think it's you with your mm. email. You could just de- de- declare yeah. email bankruptcy and wipe them out. Yeah. But somehow you can't make yourself do that. But if something, if a reset came in somehow from the outside, there would be no onus of responsibility on you. And yet you would feel free. Yes. Yes. It would just be a fact of life. Yeah. Now, sometimes starting a new job can be a kind of reset or moving to a new place or having a new relationship. Um, and you can really embrace that. That in, the, in my book, Better Than Before, about uh, how to change habits, I talk about the strategy of the clean slate and how the clean slate is a great time to form new habits because when you have a clean slate, you all the old habits have been wiped away and so new habits can form more easily. So that's a very positive aspect of a clean slate. But with yearning for a reset, it's almost like wishing that something would come to you from the outside in in a current situation. And somehow the odometer would go back to zero um, 
just kind of on its own. Well, that happens, um, oddly, Gretch, in my job all the time. Yeah. We reset every time um, we're not on a show anymore, whether it's because we leave the show or the show ends. It's such a reset because you go, okay, I'm never talking about that show again or those characters again. And it's just all brand new. Um, and does that feel good or is it exhausting to have a reset after a reset or... Um, it's kind of both, but sometimes it feels good. Like if you're on a show um, where you're not particularly happy for whatever reason, whether it's the show or it's the people or it's the location, maybe yeah. it's really far away. Right. Um, yeah, a reset can feel great. I mean, I'll never forget when Sarah and I once were in the middle of writing an outline for a show and it was really hard and we were really tired and we got it a call. Oh, the show's been canceled. Quit working on that outline. It was ama an amazing deus ex machina feeling. Yeah, like yeah. we never would have said we didn't want to be on the show because it was a great opportunity. But at the same time, having it end from the outside and yeah. knowing we had a complete reset was such a great feeling. Right. So, um, so yeah, I have benefited from it. Um, but at the same time, it feels like, oh, my gosh, we have to start over again. Like, right. oh, Lord. Well, I think that in terms of a know yourself better, this is an important question. Because if you are having that yearning for a reset, it's an indication. It's right. an indication that there's something that is not working. Because you, you want everything to be wiped away. When things are great, you don't long for a reset. Right. And so this is a good, so, so sometimes I think people don't want to acknowledge to themselves, this isn't working, I'm not enjoying this, this is too much or whatever. But if you find yourself fantasizing, like, what if there were a flood? What if there were a mm. fire? What if I was in quarantine because there's a measles outbreak? You know, whatever <laughs> it would be, that is a sign that maybe you need to examine the situation and see if, 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 if mm -hmm. you can, because, because for you, you got that call. But it's actually yes. pretty, it's pretty unusual um, to yes. get that call. Yeah. Yes, usually you have to, from within, create your own reset or adjust so that you don't need the reset, as you're saying. Right. So I'd be really curious, listeners, um, if you've had this experience, you've had this longing for a reset, um, in what context have you yearned for a reset? And, and sort of what did, it, what did it show you about yourself when you, when you thought about it? Um, I think this is a really profound question that can, can actually be very illuminating. So I, uh, we would love to know how this plays out in people's lives. Yeah, and Gretchen, speaking of photographs, coming up, you give yourself an appearance related to merit. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. 
This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And Gretchen, it is your turn to give yourself a demerit. Yes. Well, just like we were talking about how sometimes people feel self-conscious in photographs and then that makes them not take good photographs. This is an example of how feeling self-conscious got in my in my way as I was I, I had the possibility to connect with someone. So I had this amazing weekend um, with some high school friends. And as one of the things we went to a spa and I had this thing, this treatment where they put oil in my hair which I, oh, this is so great. Okay, turns out it's really, really hard to get that oil out of your hair. I washed my hair like three times, like shampoo, shampoo, shampoo. It wouldn't come out. So I had a connecting flight. So, and I was really scared I was going to miss it because my my incoming flight was delayed. So I'm racing through the Denver airport, which if you have not been to the Denver airport is a very big airport. And I had the moving sidewalks and everything, but I was like, run, 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 run. So I'm going, I get there. And then our fl- my flight was delayed. My connecting flight oh, was delayed. So I'm course. there. And I, so I'm in Denver. I'm all sweaty because, of course, because I, I get so cold on airplanes, I have like three coats on. No exaggeration. Literally three coats on. Hmm. And my hair is just full. It like, looks so incredibly dirty and greasy. And this extremely nice person comes over and is like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. I just wanted to say hello. And instead, like, I usually would love to have a long conversation like that, but I felt so self-conscious because I'm like, I look so <laughs> greasy and so sweaty and so just nasty. Like, I just need to say hello, goodbye, and like move myself out of her sight line. But then huh. I realized it's like what we talk about with, with, with entertaining. People don't care. She's not focused right. on my, like, what does my hair look like? You know, I, like... I should have just risen above myself and my self-consciousness and used this moment to connect with somebody who seemed super nice. And I would, uh, there we were in the Denver airport. It would have been a great time to like have a conversation. You could have grilled her about her tendency, uh, yeah, her the, habits. Yes, my happiness bully side. her clutter clearing. Oh yes, there's no end. I love that. Um, and yet, and it was really because I just couldn't get over myself. And then later on, I felt self-conscious. And then later on, like, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you know, my hair, it doesn't look the way it normally looks. But if you didn't, if you weren't me, you wouldn't think like, oh my gosh, what's going on? This woman hasn't taken a shower in two weeks, you know? And so I felt, I give myself a demerit because I think in the moment I should have said, let me put aside my feelings of that right now, because Mm -hmm. I'm probably, it's like the spotlight effect where you feel like people are looking at you harder than they are and just have this moment of connection because there's this sort of you know, serendipitous opportunity to talk to somebody. And, um, and I miss that. I missed out on that opportunity. So, so next time I hope that I will do a better job in like a a similar circumstance. Um, 
And I don't think I will get oil put in my hair again. That, that yes, was another you kind learned of, that I, lesson. I learned that lesson. I, the, the benefits did not outweigh the negatives <laughs> for me. <laughs> I know that many people really, really enjoy that. Not for me. But Lisa, take us up. What is, this is your week for a gold star. All right, Gretchen. This isn't um, the deepest gold star. It's um, in keeping with our episode. Yes. Uh, it's not the deepest, but it is a wonderful gold star, um, which goes to... Um, pajamas with shorts. Um, and ah. maybe this is actually a gold star for my sister-in-law, Michelle, because this was a gift um, from her for Christmas. She gave me pajamas, mine are J. Crew. Um, other people make them that are a pajama top, but instead of pants, it's shorts. And maybe these have been around forever and everyone else knows about these, but I had never had a pair before. Revelation. Can I just say, I started wearing them finally. I hadn't started wearing them because I think I was like, what are these? I'm not, this make no sense to me. But now I've started wearing them and I love them. They are so comfortable because pajamas are just too much to sleep in. If I sleep in pajamas, I always wake up super sweaty. Uh Um, But with the shorts, they're just very comfortable. Um, But I get a little more warmth on top than I do with like a nightgown. So anyway, um, I just love my pajamas with shorts. Are those called shorty pajamas? I don't know. Are I feel they? like I I feel like I've heard that term, but I don't even know. So, do they have short sleeves on top or long sleeves on top? I'm just curious. These are long sleeve, mm. but you could have short sleeve. I'm sure they make short sleeve as well. Well, I think for Michelle, like this is the ideal gift. I think the ideal gift is when you give somebody a gift and they're like, "I had no idea that this category of thing existed. I'm yeah. super excited, and now for the rest of my life, my life will be richer because yes. I will know about pajama shorts." Um, so that is so sad. You got to tell Michelle that this was how I will. Yes, I had next time I see her, I have to tell her how much <laughs> I've been enjoying my pajama shorts. <laughs> yes, it's it's so exciting to give a good gift. Um, though I, I'm reminded, as always, with your pet egg to your mother-in-law. <laughs> they're, they're not all winners. <laughs> they're not all winners. The pedicure set. Hint, hint. Not, not, it wasn't a hint. It was the gift you wanted to get yourself. But I just crack up every time I think of the pet egg. Um, and that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Follow these tips to look better in photographs. Shallow, but, you know, we all care. Let us know what tips you tried and what worked for you. And let us know your additional tips. We need them. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thanks to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. You know what I'm going to say. I say it every time. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That is how people hear about podcasts, when friends tell them to listen. And subscribe to us, however you listen to your podcast. Um, resources for this week. If you are new to my Four Tendencies framework and you want to learn more about being an upholder, questioner, obliger, or rebel, remember there is a whole book, The Four Tendencies. A lot of times when people uh, write me questions, They are questions that are discussed at length in the book. So if you have a question and we haven't answered it on the podcast, it's very likely answered in the book. Um, Or if you like video learning, um, you can go to my video course at courses.gretchenrubin.com. You can do it in five weeks or you can do it at your own pace. And it's all about the four tendencies. Also, we are coming up on graduation. If you have a high school or college graduate in your life, um, I have heard from many readers that my book, uh, The Happiness Project, or my book, Better Than Before, are often uh, popular graduation gifts. 
Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. We still have to figure out what we're going to wear in Minneapolis. I know. I know. Okay. Let's make Maybe a, a note. tendency t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I love my tendency t-shirt. Or the onward and upward t-shirts. Yeah, that's good too. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.